T-minus 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5. All three engines up and burning. 2, 1, 0. And liftoff, the final liftoff of Atlantis on the shoulders of the space shuttle. America will continue the dream. And blast off. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Jake Schaefer Campaign. I'm your host, Jacob Mark Schaefer, and this is my campaign. If you've been listening to the podcast and enjoying it, please spread the word. This will be the final chapter of the book, The Fleeting Prince, but I'll be releasing the full series next week, broken into two parts, so that people can have a more uninterrupted listen-through, if they so desire. So, without further ado, episode 21 of The Fleeting Prince. Chapter 21 The slot in Lennox's helm was narrow, limiting his vision to what lay directly before him. But as he turned his head, the armies of the undead swarmed like the sea, dark and black and silent. Thrice times they had stormed the gate, and thrice times they were thrown back. They knew no pain, they knew no fear, but an arrow to the chest still brought them down, the ones with little armor at least. The grounds before the gate were sodden and slick, a mix of mud and corpses. A few of the hollows still crawled about, moving towards the gate, following their duty even in their crippled state. Lennox watched as arrows descended upon them, and at last they were still. A slow time passed. Far in the fields the horde's fires burned, and the mass of undead gathered once again for another charge. And then the drums echoed, a slow rolling beat that boomed upon the gate as terrible as any foe. And out of the forest came a great terror, an engine of war set upon the wheels and pushed forth by mighty creatures, half a span in length and wrapped about by heavy chains. Its head was shaped like that of a great boar, and a helm of steel was upon it, and a great flame burned in its mouth. Soon, all the undead had formed around it as it crawled across the field, a black host growing deeper and stronger with every step. A thought came to Lennox then, and beneath his helm the golden knight smiled. If only the beast were alive, he mused. It would be a foe beyond desire for Shiva. The thought vanished and left only despair. Lennox felt at the oathkeeper ring, twisting it about his finger. I should have stayed in my cell, he thought. Then he pushed the thought away. He would endure. It was all he knew. Sir Vantamir stood beside him, his hands resting upon his sword when the trumpets called out from behind. Together they turned and watched as dark creatures scaled the cliffs below. The men of the inner gate were shouting and firing arrows and gathering to meet them. Vantamir moved for the stairs but was stopped by Lennox. Leave them. We must do what we can here upon the gate. Already the giant boar was drawing near. Mikkel could be seen running the length of the wall, preparing the murder holes and giving strength to his men. This army, Vantamir said as he gazed out towards the great battering ram. My master must be told. A message must be sent. Already they have fooled the ravens and their like. And now the guild will fall. He spoke the words calmly, and all who heard knew they were true. The world must be warned. Quiet, Lennox urged, glancing towards the men of the gate. 
these men still live, as do you and I, and those who live have a duty to endure until our last breath has left us and we leave this world for another. I have never doubted my duty, answered the knight, only my ability to accomplish what must be done. And what is that? said Lennox in a low voice. But the silver knight did not answer, for even as they spoke there came a blare of trumpets from behind, and the sky before them cracked with light. The horde opened up before them, clearing a path for the war machine that rolled forward with increasing speed. Brace the gate! Brace the gate! Mikkel screamed, but the beating of the enemy's drum and the horns of Malhorn Peak hid his voice so that none could hear it. Suddenly, a thought was upon Lennox. Come with me, he said, pointing to a group of guards. They hesitated only for a moment before following after. Quickly they made their descent, reaching the bridge and turning back towards the main gate. Stay here, he told them, and keep your bows drawn and staffs ready. From atop the battlements, Mikkel stiffened when he saw Lennox walking towards the gate, alone, with his hands out before him, chanting something he could not understand, while light pure as the sun formed about his hands. The light increased in strength until it consumed him, and none could look upon the night. Beyond the gate, the ram raced forward, shaking the very earth as Mikkel braced himself for what was to come. The giant boar struck the gate, and all the world shook. A thunderous noise followed, the twisting of metal and wood, of fire and magic, as though lightning itself were unleashed upon the gates of Malhorn Peak. When next he looked, the giant rams stood silent and unmoving, yet even then the hollows drew forth. Fire! Mikkel screamed. Do not let them pass. At once the guards went into action, casting spells and firing off arrows into any who would come within range. It was then that he looked inwards and saw that some had broken through. Drawing his sword, he leapt into the breach. Solier! he shouted as he fell upon the hollows below. He held his sword before him, slashing out at every foe he passed. Dimly, he heard a cheer go out from the wall as he pressed on, turning just as a spearman charged forth. Mikkel lopped off the edge of the hollow spear, then his head. A second ghoul came from the side, a large man wielding a two-handed greatsword who swung fiercely upon Mikkel again and again, pushing him back until a sword struck the hollow from behind. Gazing up, he found Sir Vantamir standing before him, drawing his blade from the fallen enemy shining like a silver star in a field of black. Sir Lennox, Mikkel screamed over the roar of battle. Is he well? I have not seen him since the great boar struck, the knight responded. Come, and let us search for him quickly. And together they fought their way towards the gate. Sticking through the cracked wood and twisted metal lay the boar's head, cracked and fallen, snapped at the base of its neck and brought down by the weight of its helm. Yet the beast had served its purpose, for the doors lay broken, with gaps set in both sides. The gate has fallen, Mikkel said. Why then do they retreat? I cannot say for certain, answered Vantamir, as he swept his gaze across the bridge. Most of the hollows lay slain, and those that still stood were falling even as they spoke. Yet the gate stood empty, and no more hollows could be seen trying to pass. Perhaps they were grouping for another strike, 
now that the gate has been breached. Then let us hurry, else we lose sight of our golden friend. It was then that the soft call of Sir Lennox could be heard through the din of battle. Here, here, he called out. The voice sounded so thin that Vantamere could scarcely hear it, let alone discern its location. Yet a flash of gold caught his eye just beside the gate, below the head of the fallen boar. There, he shouted. With Mikkel's help, they managed to lift the shattered debris, large, heavy pieces of wood that now lay in splinters all about the Golden Knight. Are you well? Vantamere asked as he lifted him to his feet. Lennox nodded slowly in reply, doing his best to gather his wits. Come, said Mikkel as he took Lennox's free arm across his shoulder. We must get him past the inner gate. Vantamere did not object, yet they were halfway across the bridge when the beating of the enemy's drum echoed once more. Boom, boom, boom. Slowly at first, but soon the pace quickened. There four men outside the gate, a soldier called out just as lightning crashed upon the tower, crackling along the bridge like a blow from a mighty hammer. A great gust followed, and all were thrown from their feet. Grunting beneath his helm, Lennox lifted his gaze. Inside his armor he could feel his heart race. There was a ringing in his ears, and all about him men of the guild picked themselves off the floor. Vantamere was the first to his feet, and quickly moved to help Lennox. We must hurry, the Silver Knight exclaimed, looking to Mikkel. With his eyes raised, the solemn knight shook his head slowly from side to side. I know an ending when it comes. I shall go to it. His dark eyes swept sadly back towards the gate. The men atop lay dead, and already the undead were beginning to crawl through the cracked and splintered wood, stripped bare by the warped iron coverings. He pushed himself to his feet, picking up his sword from the stone floor beneath him. Go, he cried. I shall hold them long enough for you to pass. Come with us, said Vantamere. Go now, answered the Dark Knight, as he turned and charged toward the enemy. For a moment, Vantamere stood almost in trance, watching as Mikkel departed. When he turned, he found Lennox staring at him. Let us not waste what time he has given us, Lennox said sharply, finding his voice. We must move now. Vantamere nodded and helped Lennox towards the inner gate. Lennox could hear the clash of steel growing steadily behind him, and the final cry of Sir Mikkel pierced the air. He did not look back. They passed through the inner gate into a world of chaos. The heavy door swung closed behind them, yet all about them men on the walls were casting fire and shooting arrows as more black creatures scaled the cliffs of the castle. Where shall we go? asked Vantamere. A moment later, Lennox produced a small glass sphere, so pure it almost shined. This is the work of my master, Vantamere exclaimed. It was given to me by Lord Magnus. Then you hold a mighty gift, Lennox nodded in reply. It will show us the way. And almost as though in answer to his will, an image came upon the face of the sphere, showing the stables and a secret way behind them. Vantamere led them across the courtyard towards the hidden alleyway. They passed by a fallen guard into a narrow hall filled with the corpses of the black beasts, as well as men of the guild. 
A low smoke was in the air, swirling about their feet with each step, and the smell of fire was present all about them. The hall was empty of light, but the sphere glowed warm, lighting their way until they came upon an empty shaft. There, said Vantamir, pointing towards the ladder to the side. Can you climb? Lennox nodded. I was only shaking a bit. I feel better, though for how long I cannot say. In truth, Lennox was not sure how he was able to move. He had exhausted much of his energy in his last spell, yet his strength had not failed him. It was a puzzle he would consider at a later time. They descended the ladder, Lennox first, with Sir Vantamir close behind. It was a long way down, and with the sphere set inside Lennox's pouch, they made the climb in the dark. At the bottom, they came upon another fallen creature, its head cut clear from its neck, with the pool of blood set in a shallow puddle upon the surface. Again they passed through a hall of black, its torches faded, as even the embers had gone cold, and all was quiet about them. They walked in stillness, turning a corner until the dimmest of lights began to shine upon the walls before them. Still they walked on, the gentle rustling of their armor floating through the air. Soon the path opened before them, and they found themselves in an open hall similar to a large auditorium with rows of seats that sloped downward until stopping at the base of a stage. A single light shone upon the platform, burning like a candle, but stronger because of the darkness that had fallen. Who goes there? A voice called out from below as the light swung about, piercing the dark similarly to the lantern astrid carried in Lahalian. Reveal yourselves to me, the voice cried out again. With his hand raised before his eyes, Lennox answered, I am Sir Lennox, and besides me is Sir Ventimir, servant of Lord Magnus. We've come in search of our companions. At once the light diminished, and the form of a man emerged. A wizard, one of the guild. He lowered his wand and turned his back towards the stage, dropping to one knee. As Lennox and Vantamir descended, they couldn't help but witness the bodies that lay strewn about like discarded dolls. Ripped and torn and bleeding, the smell of smoke had dissipated only to be replaced by the pungent odor of death and blood. Most of the corpses were of the guild, Lennox observed, young wizards and knights who lay cold and unmoving in the dark chamber. They had not fared well against the dark moon's abominations. Yet one endured. Perhaps others did as well. It was only when they reached the stage that Lennox recognized who it was. Well, this is a surprise. I didn't expect to run across you here, Master Raylan. But the wizard did not stir, and it was then that Lennox saw Master Royce lying still at the feet of Master Raylan, his face peaceful in death. Lennox glanced over his shoulder. Vantamir was watching them both. Master Raylan turned back around sullenly. You survived the siege upon the gate. Very impressive. I know what your intentions are. Prince Oscar's safety is our main concern, replied Lennox. We mean to help in his escape, if there is yet time. Hmm, you want so much more than that. But do not fret. I have seen the enemy which has eluded us so fiercely, and now offer my aid, late though it may be. 
the task before you will almost surely bring about your death. Though if you can rescue Oscar, and go with him to Lady Soon, and learn from her what you can, the silent city may prove surmountable. A change had come over Master Raylan, so subtle and yet so profound, that Lennox could hardly see it at first. Are you a seer? he asked at last. Master Raylan shook his head. <laughs> no, though Master Royce spoke of what he saw, and I am not so proud that I would not listen. Yet it mattered not in the end. The guild has fallen, and even now the dark creatures dive deeper in search for our sacred relic. Mark my words, they will not escape with it alive. It was Master Royce's last vision, and one of great doom. He lifted his wand and shone a light upon a far wall to the east. There is a secret way hidden behind that wall. Din Kruni has taken all she could down the passage. If you are quick, you can reclaim them. What of you? asked Vantamir. I am charged with protecting our sacred relic. I must go and see that it does not fall into the hands of the Dark Moon, though it is the one he serves which I truly fear. You know of whom I speak. So be it, answered Lennox. Farewell, Master Raylan. Farewell, Sir Knights. May Elion's blessing follow you into the depths. Sir Vantamir bowed quickly towards the master and turned to follow after Lennox. The light of Master Raylan dwindled behind them as they reached the eastern wall. A large crack ran along the corner, and the entire structure shifted like a door when Lennox pushed upon it. Behind was a spiraling staircase that descended downward, lit by a string of torches still holding their flame. Vantamir closed the way behind them, leaving no sign for any to follow. Down they went, deeper and deeper into the depths of Malhorn Peak, when all at once the floor opened out beneath them and they found themselves plunging down along a staircase of iron that dangled from the top of the cavern like string. From their height they could see all about them, though a heavy mist hovered about the surface of the water and crept in along the sand like a ghost. A dock, Vantamir shouted. I see it, Lennox called back. Below them, the sandy beach extended out into the open sea where a great vessel stood anchored to a long dock that cut into the ocean. They're dropping the sails, Lennox shouted. We must hurry. If we do not make the boat, I fear it will be the end of us. Yet even as they descended, the mist below ushered forth, rising up as though called by some unseen force, until Lennox could see nothing but thick bellows of white as he stepped down upon the sand. Behind him, Lennox could hear Sir Vantamir drawing his blade. This fog is unnatural said the Silver Knight. I do not trust it. Nor should you, Lennox replied, clutching tightly at his own sword as he held out his crystal sphere. Though, there is only one path we can take, so forward we shall go. Together, they sped into the unknown, but as he ran, Lennox stumbled in weariness. It was then that the brazen knight appeared, standing in the mists, adorned by red sapphires that ran along the length of his sword, 
In his left hand was a great shield, and his helm was shaped like that of a lion. A deep groan shuddered out from Sir Lennox. Who is he? Vantimir asked. A foe of great strength, he replied, crouching low, feeling the first wobble of his weakening legs. Blood and ash, he thought, that my legs should fail me at such a time. All about them, black figures began to take shape in the mists, while before Lennox the brazen lion strode forth. Yet it was Sir Vantimir who charged forward to meet them. The silver knight was swift, sprinting towards the brazen knight. Lennox was about to follow when the black shapes cleared the mist, falling upon him. His sword lashed out, cutting and slashing, striking down the foul beasts with every stroke. It was there in the mist that time seemed to blur. Past and future vanished, and there was nothing before Lennox but another foe to be struck down, and another, and another. I will endure, he cried, his sword flashing, his golden armor ablaze in the mists. So horrible he appeared, that soon the foul creatures were reluctant to come forth. He was tired, and sweat rolled beneath his helm and before his eyes. Yet he fought on. He took a blow to the leg but hardly felt it, though he knew his body would soon waver. It was then that he saw a light burning through the fog, a single lantern hoisted atop the mass, signaling the way. I'm close, he thought. So very close. Vantamir, he cried, hoping his voice could be heard, for he had lost the silver knight to the fog. To the ship, the ship. He made his way toward the dock. The mist about the sea dispersed. He moved his head right to left and back again, but saw no sign of Sir Vantamir. An arrow flew past him from the ship, striking at another monster that stirred beside him. What a fool I've become, standing idle at such a time. He ushered himself forth, sprinting clear the cloudy beach onto the pier, and saw for the first time the vessel, unhindered by the mist and fog. A single man stood atop the dock, untying the last of the ship's anchors, and tossing the line over the rails before vaulting in after. Shouts rose all over the boat, and feet pounded along the deck when Lennox was spotted emerging through the mist. Though he could not hear them, they were calling to him, waving for him to hurry, shouting for him to run. He almost laughed, then tightened the grip on his sword as he reached the end of the pier and leapt across the widening gap. He had just enough time to see a young wizard rising from the deck when his feet came down atop the youth. The boy cried out, Lennox toppled, and together they rolled out across the deck. The youth appeared to get the brunt of the fall, for Lennox was quickly to his feet, his hands resting upon the rails as he searched the shore for Sir Vantimir. Don't push off. Another still comes, he cried, but his voice was one amongst many, and his words went unheard. Men were everywhere atop the boat, more so than Lennox first realized, mostly wizards of the guild, but there were a few knights as well. Surprisingly, a hand grasped tightly at his shoulder, spinning him about. Lennox, exclaimed Astrid, with hope and joy in her eyes. You are well. He allowed himself a small smile before grabbing at her wrist gently. Now is not the time, my lady. Sir Vantimir still resides upon the shore. We must not push off. 
Yet even as they spoke, the boat drifted further from the pier, and the gap of black water between the vessel and the dock was widening quickly. I will tell Lady Maeve at once, she said turning to leave, when suddenly the ship lurched forward. Loose boom, cried a voice, just as a large wooden beam swung out from the shadows, catching one of the wizards in the chest with a crunch of breaking bones, sweeping him over the side. More shouts and screams followed as man ran to the rails to attempt a rescue, but the heavy ropes were thick and dark, and the wizard was gone before any of them could reach him. Turning once more towards the shore, Lennox clutched at the rail, his hands gripping the wood fiercely as he scanned the mist. There was little time he knew, perhaps none at all, but he would try nonetheless. Reaching out his palm, he whispered a spell, an old incantation, changing it slightly to serve his purpose. Soon a ball of light began to form, so small and pure and white, it mirrored the moon. But as he continued to speak, it shined brighter and brighter, until many on the ship couldn't help but notice what great magic the Golden Knight was taking part in. The ball of light grew until all eyes were upon him, and watched as he hurled the ball high into the air, so that it hung like the sun over the end of the pier. All of the boats stood in silence, some watching the light and others the night. Yet Lennox looked only to the shore, searching for any signs of Sir Vantamir. There, he shouted, but found all strength had left him. He fell to one knee, clutching at the rail as Sir Vantamir appeared upon the beach, illuminated by the bright light. He was hurt, favoring his right side, and all about him was the enemy, their dark forms smudges amidst the surrounding white. His blade lashed out, silver and blue, and the beasts fell one after another. It was then that Lennox felt himself being hoisted up. He turned, and seeing that it was Shiva, pointed once more towards the shore. The warden saw the silver knight and drew his bow at once, firing arrow after arrow towards the shore. The boat drifted further out to sea, and Shiva's arrows flew further and further across the water, missing the mark more often than striking true. He was calling out the warden, but what he was saying Lennox could not tell. I will not succumb to weakness, Lennox told himself. Once was quite enough. And so it was, half conscious and tired beyond measure, he watched as Sir Vantamir grew smaller and smaller, fading into the distance, until at last the brazen knight appeared walking towards him from behind. It was in that moment that the ship burst forth from the cove, out into the midnight sky, and a heavy mist fell upon the vessel, blocking all from sight and view as the last remnants of silver faded from the shore. For some time, Lennox sat alone, his golden helm at his side, his back resting against the mast of the ship. Shiva had left him there before leaving to join the others, promising he would return shortly. Merrick was near as well, recoiling just below the decks, though Lennox did not know it. They had cleared the cove and most of the surrounding reef, but the waves were fierce and tall, and the men aboard the ship were poor sailors with only a few among them truly knowing how to handle the vessel. Lady Maeve was one of them, standing before the helm, calling out in a commanding voice. Astrid was there as well, running about the ship, tying off ropes along with Shiva. Many of the wizards just stood about near the back, trying not to get in the way. Lennox raised his hands to run them over his face but stopped, 
gazing at the Oathkeeper ring in disdain. A deep wave of remorse fell upon him, and he shook his head in doubt, rubbing at the weariness that clung to his eyes. Perhaps I made the wrong choice, he thought. When he removed his hands, he noticed a youth in full wizard garb sitting just off to the side watching him. The boy had a familiar look about him, though Lennox could not say why. Hmm, you look well enough, just a little exhausted. I would expect nothing less after casting such a superb piece of magic. I can help you, if you like. Lennox nodded his head, and the youth reached out his palm, placing it upon the center of his forehead. It was warm, but not uncomfortably so, and it wasn't long before his body began to lighten. Little by little, the weariness and heavy looms that wore him down began to depart. That's quite a spell, he commented. The youth smiled and took his hand away. Oh, well, thank you but I feel it is rather plain compared to what you just accomplished. I don't think many who saw really understood just how complex it was. Perhaps my sister did. She was always quicker than me at understanding things, though I've always felt she holds herself back for some old reason. The boy was looking past Lennox, his eyes distant and cloudy, when suddenly they snapped back towards the night. Still... She was rather preoccupied getting the ship to sea, so I think perhaps she missed it. Lady Maeve, the youth nodded. Then you are Prince Oscar. Again, the youth nodded. Correct, yet I have not the pleasure of knowing your name, good sir. Lennox. Oh, then you are companions to that strange warden and northern girl. This time it was Lennox who nodded in reply. Quite a fascinating pair the two make. And her wolf as well. I have never seen a northern wolf before. They're quite bigger than their southern cousins. You can imagine my surprise when I saw them accompanying my sister into the lower stadium. Just in time to join the fray, I'd say. Their assistance was invaluable to us. I wasn't sure how much longer I could have maintained that barrier I had set. Oscar! A voice suddenly cried, calling the young prince to attention. He rose quickly to his feet. Yes, sister. Leave him be and come help with the ship. Of course, he replied, then turned quickly towards Lennox. I'm sorry our conversation was cut short. I will follow up as soon as things have settled. I have so many questions for you. I can only... Suddenly, the night turned white as a bolt of light struck the highest tower of Malhorn Peak. From the heavens it came. So great was the light and so loud was the thunder that the very castle shook and the waters of the sea tossed and turned in waves. From north and south, from east and west, a great gust howled in, snapping the main mast like a twig shrieking and blowing across the surface of the waves, as if to bring destruction across the sea. At last the wind died, but the earth still trembled, and in the distance set against the black night sky, the towers of Malhorn Peak tumbled down, falling deep into the surrounding ocean as the walls crumbled like ash, and a cloud of darkness settled upon the waters where once a great castle had stood. Then there was nothing except night, 
and a single ship stranded upon the tossing sea.